Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Can You Hear Me? I am your co-host, Rob Johnson, president of Rob Johnson Communications. And I'm Eileen Rochford, CEO of the marketing and strategy firm, The Harbinger Group. So today we're going to talk about how to win at media pitching in 2023, because you know things change. We, we want to keep up. And one of the things that, Rob, you and I hear quite often from our clients is maybe along the lines of like, get me on CNBC or my personal favorite, get us in the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> so once known as simply media, back when I started in this game, today, I think it's much more aptly called earned media because it is truly earned. It's darn hard. Landing mm-hmm. coverage in media, earned media outlets right now, it's harder than it has ever been. And gosh, I guess I've been doing this now. This is crazy to say. 30 years. It's so wild. Um, so. And I think it's because media outlets, they're running bare bones editorial teams, right? They're just cutting mm-hmm. them left and right. Oh, it's so sad. I went by the Tribune building the other day and looking at those residences. They're now, it's been converted to, you know, crazy expensive condos instead of actual, you know, what it was. Sad, sad, but that's a great example. Bare bones right. media editorial teams all around. And those folks... They're busier than they ever been. They are not sitting around waiting for us to pitch them about a product or service or whatever it is that our clients are offering right now. So the way that we pitch reporters and editors is more important than it's ever been. Yeah. You know, it's it's really tough because uh, on one hand, you make a really great point about they're not waiting around for us to pitch them. And secondly, they're they're also really um, leery about doing anything that's going to you know it's going to look like they're shilling for mm-hmm. you know, for you rightly so yeah. and and I, I would say for from my standpoint, having worked in the business for a long time, I get pitched all the time and and we'll get into that in just a second, but. Mm-hmm. You really have to be. You really have to be careful about what you're doing, and you need to make sure you're talking to the right person. And the other, the other side of this is they have fewer staff members and things of that nature. And what I've seen, not in widespread detail, but I've seen it here and there, because they have so little. Sometimes, if you are pitching and they do accept it, they're expecting you to create some video, send us sound bites, this or that, because they just can't get a crew there. So if there's one good thing from a earned media perspective, even though it's hard as can be to get it, if you do get it, and if you get it with a certain outlet, they may not have the resources to properly cover it. And so they may need you to be the editorial arm for them. It's happening more and more. No doubt about it. That's a huge thing you just pointed out, Rob, is in terms of the shift of how things are different today um, versus, you know, say even when I first started out doing this, um, they used to want to control everything because it was, you know, truly editorial integrity and lots of other things and no conflicts of interest. And they wanted to um, make sure that the information that they were providing had been vetted and sourced, yada, yada. All those things are really important. But right now, because they're so short-staffed, and so short on time and looking for, um, you know, converting um, their stories faster and faster than ever before. 
I, I would advise to think of it this way. The golden rule in earned media today is make it easy for them to do business with you. Amen. Make it as easy as you possibly can. So it's like a sales situation in a sense. If you look at it that way, you've got to remove all the barriers to yes. And that's the way it's going to get to done. Know. The more content, <laughs> you're, the, wrong the more answers you're providing, the more uh, solutions you're coming up with to get this on the air or in the Wall Street Journal or whatever the case may be, yeah. the better chance you're going to have of success. And that's, that really is the truth. That is absolutely the truth. Um, you know, we need to talk about the media landscape too, how it's evolved so rapidly. And we got into it just a little bit a second ago about, about traditional pitching methods, not really cutting it anymore. And one of the key factors to succeed in media pitching, or if you want to say anything related to our business is personalization, the personal relationships you are developing. Journalists receive countless pitches every day. I just mentioned it a second ago briefly that I know when I was in TV, I probably got 100 pitches a day. 97, I probably didn't even look at, but the three I opened were from people I knew and or people that had pitched me good stories before. So they had credibility because you have to realize it's crucial to tailor your message to the specific interests and needs. Sometimes you'll just blanket. I'm going to blanket everybody and hopefully something sticks to the wall. I don't think that's a great way of doing it. And I know you, you do a lot more PR pitches than I do, but when I do, I always try to figure out what's the right outlet, what's the right show, who's the right reporter, all these sorts of things, because I don't want to send it to a hundred people at every media outlet because it's going to get ignored. So it's really about doing your research. Take the time to understand the journalist beat, the stories they've done, either TV or if it's you know written, and the topics they're passionate about. So you need to craft your pitch in a way that aligns with their interests and show them why your story is a perfect fit for their audience. Why will their audience, their readership, their viewership, their listenership care about what you're selling? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's kind of like, a version of listening, if you will, right? And mm -hmm. listening isn't waiting for your turn to say what you want to say, which is kind of how a lot of people in PR, when approaching your media, they just want to blurt it out. They're they're just saying, put me in line. I want to say what I want to say, but you got to listen. And that comes through all the research that you just described. 100% agree. I mean, even one thing you didn't mention was following them on social. It seems so darn obvious, yeah. right? But Reading what they've written is one thing, but you can almost get inside their heads. But if they're really active on social and you follow that and pay attention, you can learn so much about really, you know, even their psyche and what they you know, are regularly posting about, what's capturing their interest becomes so evident when you follow them and on social. That's such a great point. And not only what they're posting on social, but you have the ability, as you said, to get into their head a little bit, but also to see what resonates with their audience. So let's say you're following them on social and they're posting a story about X, Y, or Z, and it gets, you know, tepid response. And you're like, oh, but then you see something where everybody's weighing in, everybody has an opinion, everybody's liking it, or everybody's making a comment. And that also helps you understand what their audience cares about, not just what they care about when it comes to coverage, 
mm-hmm. but what their audience cares about when they do cover something and when they do write something or produce something, how is it being received? That's another piece of the of the research that you need to be conducting. Yeah, maybe it's kind of an indicator of, ooh, stay away from that one because right. they got crushed a bit and they're sure not going to go there again. Yeah, great point. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, we use tools. Here's a few other little thingies we can sneak in here. If you're using something like Muckrack or Scission, great you know media databases and they go way beyond uh, just our media today. They have some awesome tools to don't take advantage of them. Like there's even Muckrack has some AI tools now. I'm sure Scission's introducing the same thing, but we haven't been using that now for six months or so. Muckrack has a lot of uh, AI kind of integrations now that everybody should be taking advantage of. It's um, never to replace the human being, but it's a great way to plus your work. That's how I always look at AI. We've talked about it on the show numerous times. Yes, absolutely applies here, right? So make sure, or like it's called, I think PressPal is what it is on Muckrack. Um, That helps you uh, plug in your headline. Say you're even writing your press release or your pitch and you plug it into that tool, it will come back to you with honestly a lot better copy. So I've had that, I've experienced it myself. I've been very surprised what comes back. And I think, oh, that's not just provocative to be provocative, that headline, but that's definitely more interest catching. So thank you very much, Muckrack. I will take that and use it. (laughs) Hey, the, the tools are out there. You might as well use them. And the game, as we mentioned, is changing. And so, especially as it relates to AI and the capabilities there, um, everybody needs to be focusing on that, whether you're pitching a story or no matter what you're doing. Yeah. I will add one more thought here that I think is kind of important and related to mm-hmm. the research and preparation. When you're inside that reporter's head and you're seeing from your research, the stories that they write, the things that they often incorporate when uh, covering or if, whether it's broadcast or otherwise, just make sure you're, before you approach them, make sure you've got your act together and have, if you know they love data, well, you better have all the right data points at the ready and know that they're approved to be shared. So, you know, you're anticipating the things that that reporter is going to want from you. This goes back to the make it easy for them to do business with you, right? Make yeah. sure you've, you have that full package um, and you know the questions they're probably going to ask your spokesperson and you make sure they're equipped with those answers or if it's something uh, in your package that, that you know they're going to ask for in terms of assets, make sure you're ahead of it. Don't even approach them until you have that ball rolling on your side so that when they say yes, you are ready to activate. And, and, and taking that a step farther too, Eileen, make sure, and I, this should go without saying, but it needs to be said regardless, make sure your acts together, make sure that not only the data that you're talking about, but make sure that your client is ready for the brighter lights and is ready to be looked at may, perhaps more critically, because the thing about media, you know, when, when we do PR, it's like one side of the story. It's like, Hey, these people are great. And let me tell you the 15 reasons why, when you do earn media, depending on what you're selling or service or whatever the case is, they're always looking for the other side of the story. What's the other side of the story? Is there any controversy here? Does everybody, you know, what, what do people think about it? And you have to be ready for that 
kind of light to be shined on your client. So yep. just make sure they're ready. So that that's that's worth adding, I think. And it mm-hmm. certainly falls under the preparation banner that we're talking about at the moment. And I think it's uh, very important to consider. Great advice and a great reminder. And there have mm-hmm. been a couple of shows of ours that you can reference for making sure your spokespeople or you as a spokesperson are media ready. You're ready to rock. That's right. right. <clears throat> All right. So let's let's move on to our next topic. And that is the packaging and the format of your pitch. So mm-hmm. multimedia pitches are it. You can't approach earn media today unless you are able to package this baby and en- with engaging visuals, some videos, if you have something, even if it's, you know, two minutes of your spokesperson talking about a relevant topic that shows, hey, they're actually really good at this <laughs> um, or other interactive elements. But doing so makes your pitch every single time. It's going to help your pitch stand out from the crowd. Their journalists are totally more likely to take notice of the things that, you know, are attention grabbing and that will help them tell the story in an innovative way. So don't forget that. Um, I would just go so far as to say that this, this we're in the digital, digital age. We're not going back. Traditional press releases, just sending them copy. Mm-mm. They're almost so never going to be effective never. without supporting graphics or video today. That's just a fact. So unless, of course, you are a mega Fortune 100 brand and you're announcing a major acquisition, of course, you're going to get attention. But guess what? They're still going to ask you for all those supporting assets anyway. And of course, because you're Fortune 100, you're going to have all that business anyway, right? Right. Just try to think outside the box. You got to find creative ways you know, to capture their attention. Um, go so far as to think through, if they were going to write this story... What kind of infographic or graphic otherwise, or maybe that you know, snippet of video, are they going to want to include when they put it up on their website? Again, having done your research, you'll know that because you know what they typically incorporate. So take the extra step of getting that ready to show them that you're ready to shine. It's go time. Just call me and we can make it happen. Right. And, and you know, the thing is, video is king, right? We all know that. So why wouldn't you want to, whether it's still pictures, whether it's video of what you might see, it's a lot easier for them to pitch their editors if they can show you something like Mm -hmm. the person you're going to interview. Yeah, you said two minutes. Sometimes if I'm doing this, I'll do 30 seconds of the person that's of interest. 30 seconds. Here's what they're going to look like. Here's what they're going to sound like. Like you already know that. Here's some of the pictures that we think would be, you know, very useful in this story, it's, it's, it's helping with the people with limited resources, but it's also helping them visualize it. It's also going to help them uh, have an easier time pitching it to their bosses because mm-hmm. rarely, unless you're some longtime you know, investigative or consumer person and you just do whatever you want to, you always have to pitch your story to somebody else. So the more you provide that reporter with the, pic- you know, the pictures the, the sound, it's not that they're going to use that soundbite, although they might, it's more likely that they can see, oh, that person, that's what they look like. That's what they sound like. Mm-hmm. So, so, so important. Yes. So if you're some, yeah, you're talking about Fortune 100, like if you're talking about the biggest companies, the best brands in the entire world, yeah, they play by a, a set of different rules than the rest of us. <laughs> However, if you're not one of them and almost everybody isn't them, you're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to figure out a way to make sure your message gets through and that's video, that's sound, that's pictures. Yeah. It's, it's the whole, it's the whole, um, the whole uh, package there. 
You yeah. have you have to do it. And and the other thing that's very important to remember too is journalists are very competitive, not only in their own newsrooms, but with competitors. And they're always looking for that different way to pitch a story, that different angle that other people didn't think of. And so you have to understand that. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Darn right. And because 99.9% of us are not Fortune 100 companies or brands, right? Um, you got to act like the job you want. <laughs> you want to yeah, sure. you want to be, you know, pretend like you're one of the big girls in the group and show up, you know, ready to play in in the biggest leagues. Yeah, I think that's wonderful advice. And then there's this other thing, it's called timing and you don't <laughs> control it. And the events of the day, the events, uh-huh. the current events, they do that they, they are dictated by that. In the fast-paced world of media, timing is such a crucial role. So you got to stay on top of current events, industry trends, hot topics. And then if you align your pitch with what's happening in the world, you're going to increase your chances of capturing the journalist's interest and relevance to their audience. And the flip side of that is what I just mentioned, which is timing can also be your enemy. You've got this great thing set up and this reporter's all over it and they're really hot and ready to go with it. And then all of a sudden, you know, something major happens in the world or in our country and the, the media's the way they operate is they drop everything and they just focus on that. That's yeah. kind of their, their MO. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand being relevant to the changes and the timing of, of, of what you're trying to pitch, very important. And also understanding that the timing of your pitch is sometimes outside of your control when current events do happen. And you know, yesterday they loved your idea. They set it up, and today they said, "Oh my gosh, a uh, big Supreme Court ruling, big, you know, news from the you know the war in Ukraine, whatever." And all of a sudden, that gets all the attention. So yeah. it's 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 two different ways of thinking about what we're talking about here. Yeah, and let's explore both because I think they're equally important yeah. to have you know knowledge of when you're conducting your media outreach. The first being that the what we call like, recently, I think we've just all started to say tilt, right? It's here. What's our tilt on this, mm-hmm. um, on the timely topic or trend? I'm thinking of one example. We have a client. Um, so we use this timely topic of the failure of rural hospitals, mm-hmm. and that's becoming a major issue across the country right now. Um, and there are so many ripple impacts that come out of the shutting down of rural hospitals, uh, particularly the rural hospital systems. Um, so we have a client who their product makes um, surgical procedures much more efficient and effective. That's essentially, you know, generically what I can tell you about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but because that's what they do, think about the the influx into major urban hospital systems. They're having to absorb all of this overflow from the rural hospitals. So they're busier than they've ever been, and they can hardly keep up particularly with kind of routine surgical procedures. So we're using that, um, you know, it's a crisis as the timely tilt to make the um, bringing about of um, efficiency to surgical procedures as timely as it can be, because it's a very evergreen topic to, in a sense. So, you know, that's just a good example of foreseeing good timing, <laughs> bringing your own creative tilt. Well, and then when you're sitting there and you're and you're that close from that issue, 
to that issue. You're also, you're, you're seeing the relevance, you're seeing the stories that are percolating and you can see, oh, there's one after the other, after the other. Whereas somebody who's not as close to it as you are might not see that. And that's why it's so important for you as the pitcher of the story to let them know this is happening all the time. This is a huge issue. And here are the five reasons why. Mm -hmm. So it's really important because you know it because you're paying attention to it, that it is a big issue. Whereas somebody who's not as close to it as you might not recognize that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Bring the data, back it up. Yep. Whole package for sure. So the flip side of bringing your tilt that hooks onto timeliness um, and, you know, like uh, surfs, if you will, on, Mm -hmm. on the wave of, a topic that's getting a lot of attention. The flip side of that is no matter how great your prep is or connection is, you're going to have a problem when the big story breaks and their attention, the journalists and the editorial teams, they just look the, you know, 180 degrees in the opposite direction and they will for a bit. Right. So here's what I have to say about that, Rob. If you are persistent and consistent in your media outreach and relationship development, your time will come. But if you're only pitching in the moment or for a short burst of time, like a short-term project with a client that's, you know, three months less in duration, and they say, oh, we've got $20,000, go nuts for three months. You will never be as successful as you will if you look at this as a marathon and not a sprint. Because if you have a long-term relationship with a client and you're pitching consistently over time, you will find those nooks and crannies where their stories deserve and get the attention that they should get. So just remember that it's people think that earned media is easy. Well, why can't you just get me as we started this discussion in the wall street journal? Every time I say it, it makes me laugh. There's so many reasons why we don't need to go into that, but the, the name of the game for winning the game, I should say is persistence and consistency. And you will establish relationships with reporters. You will demonstrate your deep, deep knowledge of what they care about and you will connect your clients' stories and ultimately they'll, they will write about you. Well, and, and also the, the, the thing you're bringing up here, we were talking about timing and then you're talking about persistence. So at the intersection of timing and persistence is, here's a, a good example of it. You've got this great story. I mentioned it a second ago. Yesterday, they loved it, set up a time. All of a sudden the world, something big happened in the world or the country and they they're not, they're not on it. And then for the next few days, they're just so hyper-focused on that one thing that their boss has said, you got to be focused on and they'll go wall to wall coverage or whatever the case may be. But this is where the persistence comes in. It's not that you're going to be a pest or you're going to be annoying, or you're like pitching something six times to one person, but you have that relationship with a, a reporter. They loved it. Then they didn't because of timing issues uh, and content issues that were outside of your control. And that's when you come and swing back around maybe a week, 10 days, whatever, like, hey, I know you're really interested in that story. And I know that that one big story has sort of died down. Any interest in continuing it? And a lot of times the answer will be yes, because they still have the pressure of making sure they're cranking out good stories. And that that big current event story that required all the oxygen in the room mm-hmm. has now gone by the wayside and they're looking for it. So that's, uh, that's where timing and persistence can really help you. Uh, totally. hundred percent. Keep at it. Don't give up. Uh, I think yeah. it's the, the 
it's the name of the game in life. And it's definitely the name of the game when it comes to media pitching. No doubt about it. We just had oh, a situation yeah. with um, a couple of media outlets in Texas. One of which I swear it's been a year that they've been telling us that they were going to write this story. Um, a magazine dedicated to covering CEOs. And I, I, it was almost funny when I said to the client, hey, it's time. Let's set up this interview. Oh, Wait a minute. Yeah. Is this with that outlet that you've been telling me about for a year? <laughs> Not kidding. That was his, his response. <laughs> I loved like, it. Yes, it's finally yes. coming to fruition. Finally. And that's why we do this on a long-term sustained basis. Client who's worked with us for, I don't know, 15 plus years. Yeah. Because we are always there. And when they're down in terms of having something to fill the hole, we're there and it converts. So they can absolutely. It's that's about, why, that's why they're going to return your call or your email because yeah. they know they can count on you. Yeah. Not and only your client, ways, but the people you're pitching to. Darn right. That's honestly more important. Like oh, the, sure. them knowing that you're not a one hit wonder. You're not there to just use them for coverage, but you're paying attention to everything that they're writing. You care about what they're writing. You're staying in contact with them to demonstrate. Hey, I saw this thing. It might be, you know, interesting to you. That has nothing to do with one of your clients. They respect that. And that is absolutely at the core of establishing a trusting relationship between what well, people who do what we do and journalists. No doubt about it. Well, and the other the other side of that too is you're feeding their ego a little bit as well. So reporters <laughs> love if like I'm that. interviewing you, Eileen, and you're like, well, Rob, let me tell you. And and reporters love that, right? You don't want to do it 20 times, but that's fine. But also, if you can recite something they did, oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, you know, that one story you did uh, two weeks ago, blah, 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 this might play into it. And they're like, wow, Eileen was paying attention? Yeah. yeah. That's, Everybody loves that. That's, 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 great that's feeding their ego a little bit. That is not going to hurt you. That is not going to hurt you. No doubt. <laughs> so um, I guess the you know, exclamation point on this is make sure that, you know, if you're a client, that you understand this that these things take time and the best coverage, the most sustained credibility building, trust building, awareness building, coverage in earned media comes out of long-term work. It's not, you know, you're not firing a cannon here and blowing up the building. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And, and, and sometimes I'll tell a client, this isn't an excuse, or I'm not trying to explain why it's not happening. I'm explaining to you that it's a process that you just don't turn on the spigot and then boom, okay, whoa, there's coverage tomorrow. We just tried to get it today. That's not going to happen. And yeah. the more targeted you are and the more strategic you are, say you're doing a health story. Well, don't go pitch it to everybody. Pitch it to health reporters. Pitch it to somebody that does a specialized segment. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a small business story, don't go pitch it to everybody. Pitch it to somebody that maybe covers small business at their station or their paper or whatever the case may be on a regular basis, who is highlighting those sorts of things. So that's why what we were talking about early, the strategy of it really matters. And mm -hmm. if you employ some of these things, you're going to probably have greater success, but it is not a snap your fingers and get it done kind of situation for as much as we would love for it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that mix of strategy, creativity, and persistence. Totally. I vote for persistence is like 75% the name of the game. Yeah. I got to say, and it's crazy. I would say, I would say the relationships, the relationships, yeah. you, you know, that you were talking about scission earlier and that's like the carpet is like scission, like, boom, here, we're going to go send that out to the world. That's great. And I feel like whenever I have success doing this on a fairly limited basis, 
that it's always the relationships. It's always, I know you're interested in this. I know this is something that your viewers or your listeners or your readers will find interesting because this is what you provide on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the conversation with the reporter. Absolutely. And you know, another piece of a really healthy relationship is gratitude. So let's fast forward to the future. You've landed that great story and everybody's doing the dance. Clients out of their minds. They're all sharing it with each other. They're putting it on in their social media. Don't forget two things. One, as the person who pitched the story, the first person you think is the reporter. Personally, Mm -hmm. send a note. You say thank you. That was a great story. I'm so glad it worked out. It was wonderful doing business with you, (laughs) if you will. Um, let's collaborate again in the future. You know, I enjoy reading your watching your work, whatever the case may be. Um, but demonstrate that gratitude, um, so that they remember you. I think that it's rare when people say thank you anymore. So gratitude will really make you stand out. And, and, and the other side of it is if they got some good traction on that story, this is where that credibility thing I talked about earlier comes in. They're not going to forget you. And they're going to be like, you know, next time Eileen pitches something, I'm opening it. I'm looking at it. I mean, I do every single thing she says, but I know I know, I can take her ideas to the bank. Yeah, darn it. Good huge. point. So always say thank you and mm-hmm. don't forget to tag them on social media. That's oh, yeah. a biggie because otherwise you're kind of taking all the credit and that's just very not uncool. Not a good one. Give them the, the huge nod. That's right. Right? That's right. Darn right. All right, guys. Well, I think we have covered some awesome ground and given some really nice tips. We're going to recap them all in the show notes um, with some links to a few of these AI tools um, and other things um, that we've mentioned. Certainly Muckrack, they've become a new fave at uh, the Harbinger Group. We love them. Um, Also, not getting paid by them. Need to point that out. We're just saying we pay them to use their service. And I just want you to know that it's a it's it's a standout right now. We're all loving it. We're just we're just trying to give you the best tools that are out there. And yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have commercial agreements with them. Sadly, no, <laughs> no, we don't need them. All right, no. so all right, Rob, do you agree that that's going to do it for another episode of Can You Hear Me? I do agree. Good. Well, I'm Eileen Rochford, and I'm Rob Johnson. We thank you so much for listening. We hope this was useful for you. And remember, you can find Can You Hear Me wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more.